We continue our Wednesday night Bible study. We're talking about the attributes of God. I actually looked ahead to see how many more we had, fearful that we were coming to an end because I don't want to stop um, because this has just encouraged me so much. So we're still good for a while. Tonight we're talking about the attribute of God's justice. And it's actually kind of a part two from last week. Um, Many of the systematic theologies put justice and righteousness together. Uh, Eric Erickson is one that separated them. So I was looking at his primarily uh, because I want to separate them just because our time is brief. Righteousness, this is a review from last time. God is himself the final standard of what is right. Righteousness is conformity to a standard, which is God. So God conforms to his own standard God is righteous. Review from last week. Tonight we're talking about justice. Justice, God requires that others adhere to his standard as well. He administers his law fairly, not showing favoritism or partiality. So God is a God who is righteous in all that he says and all that he does, and he demands that of other people, thus God acts justly towards other people. And we struggle with this, right? Sometimes we wonder, you know, do people get away with things in this world? Am I treated unfairly? And I think these are fairly common struggles that people have. Uh, Just for an opening intro, I was thinking very long time ago, um, you know, maybe, you know, what, 40 years ago. One night I was driving home. It was very late. Uh, I shouldn't have been driving. I was in no condition to drive. Uh, And I got in an accident. Thankfully, I hit a parked car. That was a good thing, so I didn't hurt anybody. And I totaled my car, totaled the other car. Police came, that type of thing. Um, I was a minor. I was 17, so that was a good thing because that works out in your favor. And so I had to go to a judge, and uh, I went to the judge thinking this could be bad. It shouldn't be too bad, again, because I'm not 18 yet. And I walked into the judge's big room, um, juvenile court. I walked in, and I'll change the last name. I said, hello, Mr. Smith. He was one of my good friend's dads. And, and I thought, I'm good. And I was. And I didn't, no big problem, because he cut me a break, because I was friends with this kid. I've been in his home many times. Did I like that? Very much so. It was good. My mom, my mom, boy, she didn't like it at all. But because but, she thought, you need to have the hammer come down on you. Um, I liked it, but was it right? Was it right? Was it just that this person cut me a break because I was friends with this kid? And I think we all would say, that's not right. That's not just. God's not like that. We may be. God's not like that. Let's talk about justice this evening. Number one, God's just, God justly treats people according to what they deserve, including punishing sin. And you say, how do we know that? Because that's what the Bible teaches us. So God does treat people justly. Ezekiel 18, verse 20, such a strong passage. The person who sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself. The wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. 
A lot of times in life we feel like, Lord, perhaps, Lord, you're not treating me fairly. I'm being punished for someone else's sin. And God would say that's simply not the case. Because God says, I never do that. The soul that sins will die. This is a key text on what we would call the ability. God treats people justly. Romans, New Testament, chapter 2, verses 5 through 6. Paul writes, because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. He treats people justly. Who will render to each person according to his deeds. Uh, Maybe, I, I didn't repeat it this time, but from last time. In Greek, there's only one word. In Hebrew, there's only one word. The same Hebrew word we translate just or righteous, and in Greek, same thing. One Greek word we translate just or righteous, depending on how it's being used. Romans 2, 5 through 6. So God justly treats people according to what they deserve, including punishing sin. Now, sometimes we look around and we don't see it. That's number two. God's justice may not be immediately evident, yet He still is just. So even if you don't see the hammer come down, as we say, and you think people are getting away with things, they're not. Um, No, I have no you know, no problem with whatever. This is just a normal illustration. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs, right, if I'm thinking right, won the Super Bowl. And so there was some scuttle recently. Their quarterback, who's an awesome quarterback, uh, was incredibly intoxicated at the party, doing things that were embarrassing to the community. And there was a discussion, was that right for him? And you know, when you're an awesome football player, what's the difference, right? Tom Brady did the same thing, right? Uh, when, you're, when you're that good, you can be intoxicated, you could act foolish, it doesn't matter. They put you on the front of ESPN, whatever the case might be. And it's easy for people to say, look at that guy. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a Christian, right? So obviously he's okay walking around drunk as a skunk, right? No, no worries there. And people say, where is God? I mean, there are people living for Christ and they're suffering. There's people living sinful lives and they seem like they're really doing well. The psalmist thought the same thing, Psalm 73. And and I'm only going to read portions of it. If this is really interesting, I encourage you to go back and read all of Psalm 73. And if it's really interesting, uh, just an easy way to keep it, uh, flip the numbers. After 73, read 37. And it's the same thing. I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no pains in their death. Their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. The psalmist is expressing to the Lord, Lord, there are people that are really wicked and they're having awesome lives. Okay? Go ahead to verse 17. And that's what I thought until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment, they are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. And so in this life, in this temporary world, it seems like a lot of athletes, uh, maybe very well-known people, live incredibly sinful lives, and they have incredible amounts of money, 
beautiful houses and everybody envies them. Guys, that's very brief. This life is so brief. There's coming a day where they will be dealt with justly. And we need to keep that in mind. That's what the psalmist is saying here. And also remember verse 23 through 4, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel you will guide me and afterward receive me to glory. You say, what about all the believers that maybe have it tough in this world? They will get the reward. This life may not seem fair, but this life is incredibly brief. God is a just God. God does bless His people always, and God does judge those who turn away from Him always. It's always that way, even if we don't see it. Psalm 73 will help you with that. And again, if that's really interesting, maybe when you're finished, flip it and read Psalm 37, and and it'll just maybe give you help with this, because I think it's a common problem. And we need to make sure we realize God's justice may not be immediately evident, but He's still a just God. Number three, God's justice demands that sin be punished, even the sin of His own people. Now, the reason I opened up with that illustration I did, guys, I cut a break. I caught a break because it was my buddy's dad who was the judge in juvenile court. God doesn't do that. You know, if you're a cop, right, you can pull over a friend and let him go because he's your friend. God doesn't do that. We all know we're not just all the time, but God is always just. God doesn't look at me and say, okay, Greg, I'm just going to forget about your sin because I like you, but the next guy, uh, I'm going to punish him. So God's justice demands that sin be punished, even in the sin of his own people. Romans 3 will help with this. Being justified, declared righteous, as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. So if you have repented of your sin and put faith in Jesus Christ, you've been declared righteous. That's a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. It continues, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. Real quick, propitiation review means satisfaction of wrath. This was to demonstrate His righteousness. Remember righteousness, same word as justice. Because in the forbearance of God, He passed over the sins previously committed. So what we read then in verse 26 is, for the demonstration, I say, of His righteousness at the present time, and here's kind of the key that I'm going to, so that He would be just, and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So God has declared me righteous. One may ask, then he's not just, Greg, because you're not righteous. He's overlooking your sin. And the biblical response is he is not overlooking my sin. Jesus took the wrath that I deserve. Thus, God is both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. One commentator calls this the key thought in the entire epistle of Romans. That God is just when He justifies those who believe in Jesus because Jesus takes the wrath of our sin. And thus, please don't think of God like my buddy's dad, just overlooking your sin, wink, wink, and cutting you a break. God doesn't do that. If you are forgiven, it's because someone paid the price of your sin, and that person, of course, 
is Jesus Christ. So God's justice demands that sin be punished, even the sin of his own people. And then I always try to end in a very practical. Number four, God calls us to follow his example of impartial justice. So that's what we, as followers of Christ, are called to do. 2 Chronicles 19.7 Now then let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be very careful what you do. For the Lord our God will have no part in unrighteousness or partiality or the taking of a bribe. So the Lord has nothing to do with unrighteousness, with acting unjustly. And notice the two examples. Partiality. That would mean, hey, I like Ward, I'm going to cut him a break. And maybe the next guy I don't like, so you know, I, I, I hold him to the standard. God doesn't do that. Or taking up a bribe, that's one that you could really work with. Um, you want to have an interesting conversation about that next time Johnson George is in town. and Talk to him about bribes. Everyone in India gives bribes. Most Christians in India give bribes. And they just consider it part of gospel work. Because if you don't give bribes, the gospel doesn't go forth because it's just part of life. And I was actually talking to a brother who's in India. He says, Greg, it's what you have to do or nothing gets done. If you don't feel right about paying a bribe, generally you have someone else pay it for you. Because if you don't, nothing gets done. Johnson has come to an opinion. That's not right. And that's why he's harassed all the time. Because he would believe strongly that using a bribe, taking a bribe, giving a bribe would be something that would not be pleasing to God. Based on text, there's many of them like 2 Chronicles 19.7. James 2.9 says, if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. So if we're going to model the justice, or I should say if we're going to follow the example of God who models true justice, then we wouldn't show partiality. We would, you wouldn't treat someone you like better than someone you don't like. You, you wouldn't treat someone who's similar to you. You know, you don't give someone a break because whatever, they look more like you or whatever the case might be. But we would treat people in a way that would be similar to how God would treat them in a way that is just. So that's God's justice. It's kind of part two of God's righteousness. And these are things for us to think about. Remember, real quick, the key to having an awesome life is knowing God. And if you know God well, you're going to have an awesome life. It doesn't mean you're not going to suffer. Everybody suffers. You can know God or not know God. You're going to suffer. But the people who know God well respond to suffering well. And one of the things that really messes people up is they think God's not just. He's treating me unfairly. And there's all these people out there like like they could care less about him and they're getting away with everything. And then they begin thinking very wrong thoughts because they don't know God well. If you know him well, you know he's a just God. So we're going to break up in a moment in our groups and you can discuss a couple questions. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the simple reminder from your word that you're not only righteous in all that you do, conforming to your own standard of what is right, you are just in how you treat people. And we pray that you would help us, Lord, to really know you 
the way that you truly are for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.